Hallo und herzlich willkommen zu einer weiteren Folge vom Education Newscast von SAP Education mit unserer kleinen Serie von der LearnTech 2019 in Karlsruhe. Ähm, wir werden heute ähm, ja, mit ganz spannenden Gästen sprechen. Ich habe zwei interessante Gäste heute hier. Wir werden auf Englisch umschalten, weil wir haben Jane Hart aus Großbritannien da. Very warm welcome. Thank Great you having you here. Und wir haben Thomas Jennewein, den ja, unsere Hörer wahrscheinlich bestens kennen, weil Hello. so oft Moderator und Co-Moderator hier in unserem Podcast. So let's just switch to English. Starting with you, Jane. Jane Hart, you are the, the founder of the Center for Learning and Performance Technologies coming from the UK. Maybe you can introduce yourself a little bit for our audience. Okay, well, first of all, thank you for inviting me to be part of your podcast today. It's very kind of you. Yes, um, I set up the Center for Learning and Performance Technologies probably back in 2000, something like that, as a way for me to share everything I find out about what's happening in the world of learning and development. And it started off really as a way to promote lots of different tools. And you may know that uh, every year I run this big top 100 tools for learning activity and that really became one of the main focus focuses of, of my work um, but since that time I've expanded into different other areas and I now have other sort of websites that deal with other specific things so one is the Center for Modern Workplace Learning where I really focus on uh, the modernization of training and education and learning and development within corporates and uh, on that basis, I guess, is one of the reasons why the LearnTech Steering Committee asked me to join them this year and set up an English-speaking track. And I thought it was a marvellous opportunity for me, me to bring together great people from English-speaking people to speak about modern workplace learning and what that all means. How was the perception there? Was it the first English-speaking track in this conference or yeah. have there been before? Uh, well, I, th there are, I think there are five other tracks, but they're primarily German-speaking, although mm -hmm. I have noticed that there are some sessions in English, but there wasn't one that was entirely English-speaking. Mm -hmm. okay. So that was my brief, really, and to bring in English. And hopefully some English speakers would come to the conference as well mm. but yeah. uh, we seem to have lots of Germans in our sessions uh, who can obviously can speak very good English yeah. <laughs> so what is for you uh, modern workplace learning could you just give your definition okay so for, for me it's much more than just modern training it's much more just than creating modern content or modern courses or modern classrooms and that's part of it it's it's about a number of other things about supporting individuals in particular to become more responsible for their own learning and development at work um, either through uh, perhaps some daily learning building a modern daily learning habit where they're going out and finding things for themselves to con continuously improve learn and develop as well as internally for managers to support learning from the work from the daily work mm -hmm. so not necessarily giving them things to do, but help them extract the learning that they've got from their daily work. So those two aspects are pretty new for most learning development mm. people. They are, they're very familiar and comfortable with 
creating courses and content and and seeing the new modern approaches, you know, AR and VR and so forth. But there's the other aspects that have really been uh, the focus of my work and helping people do that. And so that's what the track sort of focuses on really is helping them to understand what these new roles and work mean. Mm -hmm. And how is the interest in, in this topic in the learning community? Yes, I think there's this huge interest. I mean, a lot of the surveys I've run show that people do recognize that, A, people need to take more responsibility mm. for their learning development. They need to promote continuous learning. They need to help managers do things more for themselves rather than just take it away from them and do it in a separate um, activity. But they don't know how to do it because... Uh, they've always been doing things very traditional ways and so the idea was to provide them with practical advice tools guidance to be able to do this new kind of work so there is a, there is a lot of interest do you, do you have some tips to share because what, what I also see in Germany but probably everywhere it's mm. a real cultural challenge Absolutely, to come yeah. away from this command control yeah. formalized hierarchical yeah. thing mm. where, where the HR people development or L&D department controls and manages everything mm. uh, to a more self-organized, mm. networked uh, uh, approach. Yes. Uh, yes, you're absolutely right. The cultural problems can cause difficulties if you've got a very strong hierarchical organization. But the tips probably are to sort of start within your own learning and development team mm. and start to demonstrate the new practices of doing things for oneself and sharing in the team. So you're, you're role modeling the approach you want to take so it's much more do as I do not do as I say and also help people with the new skills to do this so it's not about just providing them more and more content but help to build a new mindset in the audience but it's also about helping managers understand that you know learning development is not something you just pass off to somebody else but we all work together when L&D can support managers in many different ways And of course, then at top level, strategic, senior managers need to understand that learning is not something that is an add-on. It's the whole focus of the organization to continuously improve and develop. And it's, a, it's an economic priority nowadays to help people continuously do this. And it's not just spoon-feeding them things mm. anymore. So I think there's lots of different ways you mm. can attack it. It's, it. It may become a strategic approach But I don't think it's a top-down approach. It might be senior managers can um, show how they feel that this is the way forward. But I think it's also working with the grassroots people who are interested in doing this for themselves and need support and help. And managers, often there are managers around who realize that the old-fashioned ways of doing things are not appropriate anymore or no longer enough. And so work with tight with more pockets of um, interest around the organization. So I think it's a different approach to sort of kind of get this moving in an organization. But essentially, it does start with every L&D team to start role modeling it for themselves. They, as I say, you can't go in and start making people do this stuff if you're not doing it yourself. So uh, there are some more tips and techniques I can show uh, in, and uh, at the end maybe I can give you a link to okay, my correct. website where people can come and have a look at things for themselves but as a broad brush approach it's about tackling things at different levels I think. Yeah like using new formats we talked about that when we walked here like 
not doing one too many frontal presentations mm. perhaps use interactive forms yeah. like world cafes or exactly. brown paper workshops yeah. what, what we know from other areas like design thinking where people come together and they do, do something yeah, and, they learn and then they learn so, it yeah. Yeah. absolutely I mean and I think Melandi has a part to play in, in introducing the organization to these new approaches and and sh uh, and exposing them to new ideas and then once they recognize that these ways of working they don't necessarily need to have to be told to do this they will automatically self-organize and self-manage and L&D can provide a very enabling and facilitating approach to it all rather than you know directive uh, instructional approach but you're right I think uh, it's about uh, exposure to all new ways that people can learn and it doesn't have to be done in a classroom it doesn't have to be done through a PowerPoint presentation it doesn't have to be done through any e-learning although those are still important and I haven't you know I don't want to say we're in, in English we say throwing the baby out with the bathwater mm, we yeah. have this expression but so it's not about getting rid of everything we've got but re recognizing that those things have a place but we need to identify where that best place is. But there are so many other opportunities, I think. And I, I think it's really exciting times for L&D. They can do so much more. They can create so much value in the organization and be seen as a really important part of the organization. Because I think in some places, they're just seen as sort of an add-on and, you know, you have to send people to training and that's a, not really very important. It's a waste of time and it's a waste out of a day. But mm. this way, they can become really integrated in the business and help the business move forward. Yeah. Do you have some good examples perhaps? Uh, also what you share or what you know from your work? Well, um, one of the great examples is through Citibank actually. I mean, uh, and I asked um, Anka, who works in the Citibank L&D team, to come and talk. And so mm -hmm. she was one of the speakers yesterday and she showed how Citibank really changed the mindset. Now, a bank, you would think of a very formal, traditional organization. Yeah. But once again, what they did was the L&D team came together and recognized that they had to do things for themselves. And then they started to produce a learning campaign, a 30-day learning campaign. Mm -hmm. Little 10-minute activity to do every day, something you could fit into your life, not like a great big hour-long program, but a tiny little activity every day for 30 days to start to build and change mindsets, get people thinking about how learning is happening in their organizations, what they're doing. It's not through saying taking an e-learning course, but maybe something, ask their manager a question or a colleague a question, something small to start changing mindsets. And they've been running this 30-day program now for three years, I think now. They've refined it and they add extra things into it. And it, they've reached like something like 22,000 people in, in, okay. the, in Citibank across the world. So uh, they're a good example of someone who's taking time to change mindsets and do things gradually so it's not something you can just switch on and next week you know it's going to take time and I think that's no no, it's no big problem because pe some people take quicker time to recognize that this is the way forward than others you know some people immediately realize this is the way forward others a bit more sort of <coughs> conscious that they want to do things in the old way so it, you know it takes time to change an organization I think mm -hmm. um Do you see differences between countries or, or areas in, in, in terms of um, maybe in, in Germany people yeah. have um, different preferences like going to classroom mm. trainings, it's a typical maybe prejudice and <laughs> on, on the other hand in countries like UK um, e-learning is more embraced than yeah. elsewhere. Do you see differences there or more in, in maybe different industries or is it very diverse uh, it's a it's a good question I, I i'm not sure i can generalize really <coughs> i think it's also um 
excuse me. I think um, the main difference is I find. <coughs> yep. Take your time. <laughs> <coughs> Typically, um, <laughs> uh, perhaps cultural, di national cultural dif differences. Yeah. So Europe probably is fairly similar. There are some differences mm. between countries for sure. You can't sort of say there aren't. But maybe um, the main differences I found perhaps in the Eastern, East Europe, not East Europe, but East, Far East, India, China, maybe where they have a much more directive uh, approach, to, yeah, to, approach yeah. to training and people rec only value the training or value the learning that comes from a training. Mm -hmm. Whereas it, perhaps uh, in, the, in the US and Northern Europe, Europe are much more um, accepting of other ways of learning. But it, you know, it does vary. I think across and um, across countries, people in you know even individual people within organisations have very different approaches, and so it, it's it's difficult to put your finger on say you know this approach works in Germany or England or something. I um, what I'm I've been lucky to do in my work is that people who you know I talk a lot about you know all this stuff as you can see, and people who understand it and value it they come to me so I'm seeing you know pockets of interest from different places so I have people in Australia and Germany and England and US come to me and help to help me move, move their for organization forward so I think it, it's just gonna happen gradually across the world mm. probably <laughs> I think it's something even like a movement in the L&D area so which is also somehow global connected yeah. <coughs> also yeah. so if you had three tips for L&D practitioner mm -hmm. like in a whatever company w uh, where to start if they're more hierarchically mm -hmm. by now do e-learning and classroom training mm -hmm. and now they see all these trends about yeah. workplace social whatever mm -hmm. uh, where, where where's a good place to start what do you think well I would say that if they are Uh, firmly embedded into an old cult, uh, traditional culture of uh, formal mm. learning, whether it's classroom or e-learning, is to start breaking out of that themselves. Start to build a daily learning habit by going onto the web and perhaps finding a, something they can do every day, a, a new article to read or um, blog post to read or some people who they perhaps they value to read. Something little small something every day to build up their own interest in a particular area and they can change over time uh, but to just to sort of expose themselves to doing things on a regular basis connecting with people in their network seeing those connections and that networking activity as an important part of their daily learning it's not something you know it's not a trivial activity it's not a purely social activity people learning from their from other their, their connections and I don't think people realize how much they're learning and once they've connected with people they're always people they can ask for help so just start to develop a, a, a good professional network start to make an effort to read something every day to keep up to date with what's happening in the in the world because can Continuous learning is the you know the way we've got to keep doing things. It's not taking a course every every you know quarter or whatever it is, but to do something regularly on a daily basis, and then they can start think about how they can help others to do that. Curate relevant resources for a particular team or for the organisation, and 
push that into a teamwork where it's required. I mean, again, it's not about doing things to people. There's got to be a need and the people are going to want it to happen. Otherwise, we're just back to square one again. But mm. if they can find a team who needs some support in having some curated content come into their team to help them move forward on a daily basis, then that's a good st starting point, I think. But, you know, it's back to demonstrating the value for oneself uh, as an individual and I mean I've been doing this for so long now for me it's just so normal but I do recognize that other people haven't mm. had that opportunity and you need to make some time to do it ideally a manager should be saying right you can have 10-20 minutes a day to do this kind of thing because you know if you spent 20 minutes a day doing something small over a, over a week that would build up to a couple of hours over a month it'd be 10 hours over a year be like almost equivalent to a couple of training days you know but you don't realize how much value that's bringing and, and I always say when I'm presenting I couldn't be doing this I couldn't be standing here and doing this job unless I was connected on Twitter and places mm. I'm hearing what's going on and I'm absorbing it without even realizing it most of the time so it's not really a hard job it's just something that I'm doing and it's and part of your job yeah. I think that's what I do it's, yeah. it's just uh, how do I, I get my professional further development keep up to date uh, of the trends or whatever yeah And I, I, that's and so that's for those people aren't used to it. It's mm. a new experience, yeah. and they might be overwhelmed. But they've got to you know filter out, prioritize, keep it small and sharp, and then build out gradually. And uh, once that happens, you know you never look back. I don't think. Mm. <laughs> um, I I have one point. So what what I see is is really this. Um, human factor in, in learning which is very important and this was a kind of common sense or a red line in all the, the talks we did for, for this podcast here and we are here in the center of learning technology um, so new trends and a lot of technology of course because it's learn tech and um, what do you think about um, how, um, how can people best find the right way to interact human to human and with, with, um, yeah, with technology in learning? For me, the technology there is an, an enabler. Mm. It's there to support and underpin different approaches. So the technology is there to support collaborative and social activities. It's not there to command and control. There is some technology out there that does that for sure. But for me, course, the future yeah. is a sort of social and collaborative platforms, you know, like SAP, for instance, which isn't really, a, isn't a learning platform, is it? It's, a, it's essentially a, a corporate inter, intranet type. SAP Jam, yeah, the yeah, social so network, yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. It's, yeah, and, no. But that's, it is a learning platform because that's no. where people go to do, no. to work, to learn, to do everything. And for me, that's the future. Mm. It's not about having a separate learning platform. Mm. even though it might have collaborative activities in collaboration facilities within it it's about having a place where it underpins everything you want to do as well as working and learning in one place it's got to be integrated it's got to be seamless and that's going for me the future and something that just facilitates all the ways of interacting with people and accessing content and whatever it might be as part of the learning experience mm -hmm. How do you see the role of, uh, let's say, AI chatbots probably is one mm. of the current approaches which already work, yeah. uh, machine learning based. Uh, they can help like mm. with performance support, yeah. like answering questions. Yeah. Uh, so how do you see the role there? That, that's a good question. I had Donald Clark in the track mm. on Monday 
uh, evening and he talked about uh, chatbots and learning and showed us all you know, a variety of different things. And you're absolutely right. I think it's going to automate a lot of the sort of stuff that uh, the L&D might do. It does recommendation engines mm. and things like allow mm. you to recommend um, content, and materials, uh, support chatbots. So it's, they're really, again, I think is going to be quite important. And But that's great, isn't it? Because they take away all the perhaps the Hard. manual stuff yeah that yeah. people at L&D don't really enjoy and which yeah. frees them up to do all this other exciting yeah. stuff so I think that's going to be good yeah I think it's and it will become very interesting on what level this will be introduced on the one hand you might um, ask a digital assistant in Word for example how do I create a new document and the digital assistant shows you mm. how to do this Absolutely. but you could also just tell the assistant please open a new document for me and um, tell me how I can start writing. So yeah. um, that, that the level of, of learning becomes mm. a little bit different mm. because mm. you are really interacting more yeah, on the audio level, so with yeah. the conversational UI with the system and um, learning and interaction be becomes one more. Or, or one you don't need e-learning for that. <laughs> no. You don't need <laughs> no. e-learning for that, but um, um, somebody who explains you things that you no. want to understand. And maybe I don't want to understand how to create a new document because I can tell the system open a new document, mm. but I want to learn how I can, can do certain things, how things work, so I can ask this uh, assistant when, yeah. when I need this information. And it's on demand, isn't it? And you don't mm. have to remember it all. Yeah. Like in yeah. the old days, you can just, uh, next time you need to do it, you ask get yeah. help again. And interesting thing Donald was saying was that people do like anonymity. They don't like to have to go and ask for help sometimes yeah. because, you know, the judgmental issues from you know their peers or their manager or whatever they can ask a robot or a <laughs> chatbot anyway it's a, it's easy because that's not going to have any judgmental issues yeah that, that's a good point no stupid questions yeah. anymore <laughs> yes it just does what you ask and you, know, you get immediate answers so yes. in, in our communities we have chatbots and there they are even a little bit better evaluated regarding acceptance than the human Yeah, uh, exactly. Of course, it varies depending on the human. There are some mm. very engaging moderators, mm. but in, on yes. average, that's, uh, they have be even better acceptance results. Yeah, and, and Donald uh, shared a study that showed, I think it was in some med, uh, university in the States, that uh, they had some uh, human moderators and also some chatbot mm. moderators, and the... Uh, students couldn't tell the difference okay, in fact they saw <laughs> some of the human moderators <laughs> with the chatbots yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this will be the challenge in, in the future to distinguish who, who yeah. also who is human who is uh, artificial and they're also much quicker as well you know they said they had to slow down the response to the chatbots because yeah. it was ask, answering the question far too quickly when they were sh they, you know, their expectations were quite immediate so uh, um, it's interesting I think uh, we're really on the beginning of all mm, that stuff aren't we? Yeah. I think uh, there's a long way to go through what they're going to be able to achieve so I'm, I'm really excited about looking out and so you've, you've already got some working in mm -hmm. on your yeah. system so that's we great have three, yeah. no, three started oh, in the learning you? community okay. like answering questions giving support okay. guiding through our forest of many offerings yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good <laughs> and uh, yeah We, we look at small use cases yeah. which make sense and uh, excellent yeah. cool. okay so I think we are done with time already <laughs> um, Jane again 
thank you so much yeah, for being here so with us. Thank it you. was really great to talk to you. Thank and you. Uh, thank you, Thomas, as well. You have one more thing to say? Yeah, I want to ask Jane perhaps yeah. one last question. So, do you could you share us any resources, perhaps how your website is called, or so? Mm -hmm. Let's say for all the re uh, listeners, not readers, listeners, <laughs> uh, just to double check like your research yeah. on the top tools uh, to use and so on. Well, as I said, I've got a number of sort of associated mm -hmm. websites, but I think the best place to go is the one called modernworkplacelearning.com. Mm -hmm. I think that's easy enough to remember. Modernworkplacelearning.com. We will link it in the show and, notes. Okay, thanks. And from there, you can have access to, people can have access to the free first chapter of the online resource and read mm -hmm. a lot about what I've read, I've written, sorry. And there's also their links to the top tools and, okay, and cool. the technology parts yeah. and everything. So it also kind of goes out from there. So I think that's the best place to start. Cool. Okay, so we will super. Thanks for your that. time. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you for your time, Thomas. And Thank you. I hope to talking to you again in the future. Okay. So uh, as you said, we are at the beginning of a long journey. Mm -hmm. So there is more to come, I think. I think. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.